there are 15 different root causes that can trigger these skin issues that underlie the problem. And the skin is the last piece of the totem pole. So everything else really has to get lined up before your skin is in a position where it can go, okay, I'm good. I can rebuild healthfully. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I have a very special guest with me who I simply love and adore. Jennifer Fugo is my go-to expert on inflammatory skin rashes, and we are exploring the hidden reasons your chronic skin rashes won't go away. Now, what I love about Jennifer is her empathy and insight when she is helping people to discover the missing piece to create a doable, integrated plan to heal their skin naturally. Now, but before we jump into this eye-opening conversation with Jennifer, I want to just take a moment and invite you to reach out to me and let me know what are you loving so far on the Essentially You podcast. Now that we are at two episodes per week with more listeners jumping on each and every week, I can't tell you how much that means to me. You are helping to spread the word in such a big way and the ripple effect is very impactful. You know, I just received a sweet Instagram direct message from Stephanie literally a couple hours earlier and she wrote, I just want to let you know that I found you at the right moment in my life. I was struggling with anxiety and exhaustion for months and I did not know where to turn. My niece told me about you and I started listening to your podcast. And then I joined your 14-day hormone detox in the fall and it completely changed my life. My anxiety is gone following so much of what I learned in your program and the podcast. I am a completely different person today than I was in October. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your healing journey. So blessed to be on this amazing journey with you. Now, shedding truth on how to heal your hormones is important to me, and I want to make sure that I am touching upon topics that are relevant to you personally, as well as the people who matter most to you in your life. Since we started the podcast, I have received hundreds of emails and messages on social media from incredible women like you who are adopting the advice and recommendations shared on these episodes. I am beyond moved and grateful to hear from you. And I love, like I said earlier, just being a part of your journey. Now you can reach out to me by heading over to Instagram at Dr. Marisa, that's at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A or heading over to my website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. This is episode 64. You can pull it up that way as well. Or by simply going to iTunes or wherever podcast platform you love to plug into and share a little review about what you're loving so far or what you'd love to have more on this amazing podcast. Now, We are going to continue to share these episodes with more women. I'm going to keep cranking them out so that we help you create the lifestyle, the health, everything that you're looking for in your life. Because I have a feeling that there's a lot of women out there who really need this message more than ever. 
And I wanted to let you know that I am gonna be showing up a little bit more with my own exclusive topics that I have a feeling you are going to love, including this week's next episode coming out because I am hosting a book release party. That's right, a book release party is going down next week, February 12th on the Essentially You podcast because the Essential Oils Hormone Solution book is coming out. It's finally at the pub date on February 12th. We're just, what is it, four to five days away from right now. And I'm not gonna lie, I definitely have butterflies at this point because we are less than a week away from the release date. Now, as a small token of my appreciation, if you've grabbed the book already or if you're about to grab the book, which I hope that you do, I have created $300 worth in epic bonus goodies as a big thank you for pre-ordering your copy of the book. And that means that you can begin to balance your hormones like right now with these bonuses that I created for you today. And all you gotta do is just pre-order the copy. Right now, Amazon is the hot ticket. Everyone's buying it on Amazon because it's on sale right now like crazy on sale. Um, and then you just head over to drmarisa.com slash hormone book. And that is D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A.com slash hormone book. It's in the profile link at Dr. Marisa on Instagram. It's on my website. It is everywhere. It won't be hard to find it. And then you're just going to enter your details and instantly your bonus goodies will arrive in your inbox. That's what I wanted to share with you. I hope you're going to grab it. I also hope you're going to join me next week for the book launch party. We're going to have a lot of fun there. Um, And if you're wondering what these bonuses include, basically everything that's complimentary to the book that I know is going to move the needle for your hormone health, your energy, your stress, your cravings, your stubborn weight, all of that in those bonuses. All right. So now that you are all set and I am on fire and mainly I'm on fire because the book has been selling like hotcakes. It has been ranked in the top 200 on Amazon out of millions of books for several weeks now. I can't tell you how exciting that is, but let's jump into this epic topic with my darling friend, Jennifer Fugo. But before I do that, I want to quickly sing her praises. Now, Jennifer Fugo is a clinical nutritionist empowering women who've been failed by conventional medicine to be chronic skin and unrelenting gut challenges. Because she's overcome a long history of gut issues and eczema, Jennifer has empathy and insight to help her clients discover the missing piece to creating a doable integrative plan. Simply put, Jennifer believes that you deserve better. That's why she launched her website, skininterrupt.com, to interrupt the failed conversation about chronic skin problems with helpful alternatives that you aren't being told about. By the way, Jen is also a Amazon best-selling author. You know she is. And she is the host of the Healthy Skin Show, which I've been very blessed to be on. Welcome, Jen Fugo, to the Essentially You podcast. How are you doing today? Fantastic, especially because I'm getting to chat with you. Well, I am so privileged to get to have a conversation today. And what we're going to be talking about is really how to hone in on creating just beautiful skin. You know, that is definitely your wheelhouse. And what I'd love to first ask is, I know that you didn't start out in this world as a practitioner, but you had started out as a patient. And I would love to hear, like, what was that journey like? And how did that lead you into this incredible mission that you, that you are a part of today? 
I think one of the big things for me was that I was sick, right? So as you said, I started off as a patient, not as a practitioner. And now being a clinical nutritionist, it has shaped the way in which I work with clients. But I came to this world being incredibly sick to my stomach all of the time, super bloated, felt horrible, lots of skin rashes, couldn't wake up in the morning, felt completely drugged and foggy all of the time. I just didn't feel well. And that was about 10 years ago. So I started off with having gut issues. And I eventually resolved those gut issues after discovering food sensitivities and a whole bunch of other issues. But then I became a practitioner, went back for a master's degree so that I could really work with clients and help them find the missing pieces that when you go to doctor after doctor, you just can't get a straight answer despite having labs that show that everything looks fine, but you don't feel fine. I just, I wanted to look deeper. So I started off working with clients. And what was interesting is that I developed this awful hand eczema that was so painful and so red, it was all over the palms of my hands. And I'll be honest with you, I had skin rashes prior, but they were just like these spirally patterns and some on my legs, a few on my arms, but it wasn't so awful that it really impeded upon my life. But when you have your skin that is this front-facing part of you where either like you have to interact. We interact by shaking hands, for example, or touching food or touching anything, or it's on your face, or you have rashes everywhere. People look at you differently. And because I had that experience of feeling dirty and a sense of shame because people, like, I kid you not, I go to shake someone's hand and they, you know, in that split second as they're looking at your hand, they're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to shake her hand. She looks like her hand's infected with something. And, and you know, there were moments where people didn't want to shake my hand. They felt uncomfortable touching me because they thought that I was either dirty, didn't know how to clean my hands, or was infected with something. And it really helped me to realize that there's this whole group of people out there, women, men, and especially children and babies that are struggling without the capacity to get much help because conventional dermatology just tells you to use steroid creams or take shots of some sort of antibiotic or go the immunosuppressant route and they don't address what's going on underneath. And so long story short, I was able to address my issues from a more alternative or quote unquote holistic manner. And I, I can tell you that as of this moment, I have no skin rashes at all on my hands or anywhere else at this point. It did take time and I'm happy to talk. I think we should actually talk about how long it really takes to get rid of chronic skin rashes. But gosh, it has changed my life and I have so much appreciation and empathy for people that are stuck in this flare cycle where they can't get out of it and they feel like their doctor's not listening and has run out of options. Absolutely. One, thank you so much for sharing that story. One of the things that really touched you touched upon was the shame and negative feelings. 
that not only you experience that people often have when they're dealing with these skin issues. Can you speak to that? Like what has been, what was your journey in those moments? And then also how have you been able to support? Because like you said, let's talk the real truth about how long this takes to, to clear up. It doesn't clear up after a week or two. So this is something that people are going to have to kind of, it's going to be a part of their life for quite some time until it fully clears. Absolutely. One of the big pieces to this, I would say, is I call it taking the scenic route. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I really wish that there was a direct highway to getting better. And for some people, there is. They could take, I don't know, dairy or eggs out of their diet. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, they're fine. That's not most people. Most of the people that come to see me as a practitioner have had eczema for a really, or other skin rashes, I should say, like rosacea, other types of dermatitis, psoriasis. They've had these issues for a long time, some for most of their lives. And I feel lucky in a sense that I was able to get rid of my eczema after having it for about two to three years. It was really awful. And I think that's a good point that you bring up about the shame that you oftentimes feel because we want to be cleanly. You know what I mean? There's something that we we really strive for in our society to be cleanly and we use um, the way that we look as a way to present that to other people. But when you can't hide it, You know, I have clients that have rashes all over their face and they cannot cover them up with makeup. Their eyelids are all swollen and crusted. There is literally nothing that they can do. And there was one woman I worked with, she was a surgical device rep. So she had to go into ORs with doctors to show them. So in a sterile environment to show how a device worked in surgery. And she's like, I'm supposed to be in a sterile environment, but I don't look sterile. And people look at me like I'm going to infect the patient and I'm going to cause problems. And it was really impeding upon her ability to do her job. And so for me, like I had to wear these blue gloves that I would buy at Home Depot because I couldn't touch anything. I could I couldn't, I like literally could not even touch water because of how badly it would burn and cause my hands to crack and peel even worse. And so, you know, I'm walking around, I kid you not, with blue gloves, like baby blue. <laughs> I don't even I know what they're I can see it, girl. Like, so I know that color. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, as if it's like you're wearing this, like, look at my hands. What's wrong with your hand? And everyone wants to know. But then when they see them, they're like, oh. Did you try this moisture? Like as if I don't know how to moisturize my hands or I don't know the right cleanser. Like you hadn't tried everything. Exactly. Under the, yeah, under the sun. Exactly. (laughs) And so it's very frustrating. And in the same respect, it becomes embarrassing. I used to teach cooking classes. Could you imagine going to a cooking class where the cooking instructor's hands were completely red and blistered and oozing? It's crazy because in a cooking class, that's all you're looking at besides the food and the presentation is someone's hands. Like I think about like when you're selling things on TV and like QVC or something, it's all about the hands, right? Everything. Oh my goodness. That must have been so hard. It was. And the moments where people, they would hesitate to shake my hand. Some people were just like, would kind of like go to, and they'd be like, oh, you know, and then put their hands back in their pockets as if like. I didn't see them go to shit. Like, as if that didn't happen. You know? Oh, it didn't like, happen. Oh. It just didn't happen, girl. <laughs> you 
don't want to, but it's really, you don't want to touch me. You don't want to have that. I mean, granted, shaking hands is not that much closeness, you know, that we have in life. Like hugging is a lot more close. But if a person won't even do the bare minimum, they won't the bare minimum shake your hand, which in our society is a form of greeting someone, of getting to know someone, of making or creating a relationship, and they refuse to shake your hand, it it actually hurts deep down inside because you feel like you're being rejected and you're not good enough. And there is a lot of shame that comes along with this. I think for me, one of the big pieces to it, as I said, is that this is the scenic journey, unfortunately. And with conventional medicine the way it is, they're not treating the underlying causes. They're merely masking them with their pills and creams and salves and that kind of stuff, hoping that maybe if they throw enough darts in the dark, they'll finally hit on something. And most of the time they don't, which is why they are so utterly chronic. And to be fair, there are people that will go to the extent of feeling as if their only option is suicide because of how bad their skin conditions are. Some people can't sleep. I have a client right now who cannot sleep. She is so, it's so itchy, so painful. She has to try to sleep with an entire full body ice pack. That's how bad her skin is. When I say take the scenic route, when you start to go the alternative way, there is nothing that you, it's not like flipping a switch. As I said, a, a handful of people may get better from doing something small, but if it's been a long-standing chronic problem, you have to understand that the skin takes time, anywhere from 30 to 40 days to turn over. Um, you also need to find out what is going on underneath the skin that is struggling and needs support. So it could be, I know you're an expert in hormones, but hormones are a big category and a big piece of this. Your gut is a big piece, your liver, toxic exposures, it can be allergens, it can be immune activation issues, it can be your thyroid. There are 15 different root causes that can trigger these skin issues that underlie the problem. And the skin is the last piece of the totem pole. So everything else really has to get lined up before your skin is in a position where it can go, okay, I'm good. I can rebuild healthfully. So that, that's why you got to give it time. And my journey, just so everyone knows, I'm very upfront about this. It took me about six months of consistency before I stopped seeing flares happen. And yes, I was still using topical steroid creams to calm down and knock down inflammation and those flares. And it took over a year before the rash finally went away. And this is from when I started addressing it from an alternative perspective. So it took time. And I just like to give people that frame of mind because otherwise your expectations will really set you up for a disaster if you don't know that this is, it's, it's the scenic route. And I'm so grateful that you're saying that today. You know, I've had so many women come to me. It's mostly women that I serve who have had skin issues. And again, it's a myriad of things that could create it as you went down the line just a second ago. And they're so 
desperate for a quick solution. And it breaks my heart to have to tell them how much of a scenic route it's going to be. And yes, there are things that we can put on topically that can kind of quell some of that information inflammation in the meantime. And I, it's, it's, you know, just making that so clear that, you know, using this isn't going to cure and get to the root cause of what's, of what's creating it. We got to figure out what that is. And as you kind of laid the groundwork for those 15 causes, what are some of the things that are the most glaring that you see, Jen, and when you're working with your patients? Well, the one thing that I always want to look at mm-hmm. is the gut because so much, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm not going to go into in depth on the gut. I'm sure you've had plenty of guests who've talked about leaky gut and gut infections and yada, yada, yada. But if you have chronic skin problems and you have never taken a look at what's going on in your gut, that is a big blind spot that you need to begin addressing now because your gut is, you know, your skin, yes, is a barrier. That's an important part of this, but there's a, there's another barrier, which is your gut. So there's two ways that the skin can have, can be affected, which A, is the things that we come in contact with on a daily basis on the outside, right? So the clothes you wear, the lotions you put on your skin, the things that are in the air, the toxins or chemicals in the water, et cetera, et cetera. But what goes on in the gut, including your microbiome, that directly communicates with the microbiome on the skin through things like butyric acid, which is a small chain fatty acid, very, very important for the acidification of your colon. But if you don't have a really good healthy microbiome and you don't have enough of this small chain fatty acid, it can cause the skin's microbiome to be disbalanced just as the gut will be. So that's one problem. And then also, too, say you've got a gut infection. Another piece to this is that the gut infection can cause, like, number one, the gut infections. And when I'm talking about gut infections, I want to be very clear. That's usually something pathogenic that shouldn't be there, like Klebsiella. Or sometimes you can have a dysbiotic state. So you could have too much candida, or you could have just too much of a particular... I just call them gut bugs. So some sort of gut bug that would normally be there, like there are certain forms of E. coli that aren't necessarily going to make you violently ill. They naturally live in your gut, but there shouldn't be too much of them. And in some cases, certain gut bugs like that will overgrow for whatever reason. And it's just too much. And so unfortunately, they are creating a situation where the GI tract becomes inflamed, specifically the colon, and then the Everything poops, so everything, all the waste products <laughs> of our gut bugs, and especially these guys, are then moving across the leaky gut barrier and affecting your liver. And your liver then becomes bombarded by way too many toxins, and it may also not have enough. We call them substrates in biochemistry, but basically it's like ingredients to a recipe. It doesn't have enough ingredients to handle the load. And so your phase one and phase two detoxification in the liver get overwhelmed, and now you're sort of stewing in a not so hot situation and your skin is thus affected by it. So those are some big red flags that I look for as well as, you know, food sensitivities can certainly be a piece to this, but I will forewarn people, there is a lot of fixation 
on, I'm just going to take out this and then I'm going to take out that and I'm going to try this really strict elimination diet and I'm going to go vegan and I'm going to do, you know, low salicylate and no sugar. And I mean, you could go ad nauseum with food and taking out food out of your diet, assuming that your issue is food-based. But oftentimes food sensitivities are usually one of the least important pieces to this whole puzzle. The reason you have food sensitivities is because of other issues going on in the gut. And so we need to look there at how much stomach acid you have. We need to look at gut motility. So how fast or how slow things are moving in the GI tract and making sure that we've got a healthy microbiome so that it's communicating appropriately to the skin's own microbiome, which by the way, eats fats and not carbs. So I just mm. always find that interesting that it's really the bugs on the skin, they consume fats or lipids. So I just always think that's a yeah, and that's something I just, I didn't even know. So I'm, I'm so happy to get to learn that. So I want to talk a little bit about that in just a second. And I think you're absolutely right. I feel like food sensitivities are caused by, by gut imbalances, by the microbe being either there's some type of pathogen or some type of infection. You know, I find that allergens are coming from somewhere else as well. And not to say, and we'll talk, let's talk about food. Let's talk about food for just a moment. Because I do agree that if you're eating a ton of sugar every single day, like it is a part of your breakfast morning morning, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that something's got to shift there. So can we talk about, is there food that is foundational to help support the gut, support the microbiome? Do we remove some of those processed carbs in exchange for healthy fats? Tell me a little bit about that. Because I know that although food is not going to be the catch-all for, for fixing this problem, and maybe in the rare cases that it is, you remove eggs and voila, everything goes back to normal. But what do we do with food just in general? Because as we know, it does play a role. The first step is to try to reduce the amount of processed carbohydrates and sugar that you consume. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form you should go low carb because that's not appropriate for everyone. And that can be really hard for someone who, say, has low thyroid, like Hashimoto's or just a subclinical hypothyroidism. So I'm not a big fan of that. I'm more so like, hey, let's just clean things up. Let's get in more greens and other things that will allow the microbiome to thrive, assuming that there are no underlying issues like SIBO or certain situations where, for example, you maybe don't have enough stomach acid and you don't, aren't producing enough pancreatic enzymes that are breaking down certain things, or you don't have enough bile to absorb, help you absorb your fats. Mm -hmm. And that's moving downstream and then causing this not so pleasant effect in the GI tract. And we're like, oh, it must be food. Well, it's not really the food. It's, it's a functional problem with your gut. Right. So it's now metabolism. Exactly. Those are all different organs that have really important jobs exactly. that we just talked, you just talked about. And yeah, there could be a dysfunction in the gallbladder, in the pancreas, in the stomach. One piece to this is I find that a lot of times clients have really, I know this sounds so weird, but they've really cut back the amount of protein that they eat. And I'm not advocating a high protein diet, but protein is really important when you have skin that is less than perfect. So I'm not saying like maybe you have some pimples or, you know, just a little rash here and there. When you have a really significant chronic skin rash issue, your skin is at a state where it needs more raw materials in order to produce healthy new 
tissue. And there are no storage centers in your body for protein, believe it or not. When we are done with the various proteins or amino acids, they are disposed of in the system. They are metabolized and they're gone. And so people don't understand that. They think it's appropriate to eat very low protein. And that is would be fine for a normal, healthy person. But when your skin barrier is really compromised in order to rebuild it appropriately, you actually have to be eating somewhere, I found, at least with my clients, somewhere between 70 to 80 grams of protein every single day. I think that's such an important point to mention. I wonder why it is that people feel, is it because people are afraid that protein is inflammatory? I think people don't realize how much of our body is made up of essential amino acids, like especially our skin. So I'm so grateful that you mentioned that. It just always fascinates me why that's one of the first things that they let go of. And I don't understand why either. And this is usually a consistent response is that they've watched a documentary that they saw online and because they want to be more like conscious of the environment, they decided to start cutting back on how much protein they needed because we are repeatedly told that we overconsume, especially in America, we overconsume protein. But A lot of these individuals are already eating pretty healthfully. It's not like they're going out and eating Big Macs and Whoppers and all sorts of crazy stuff. They're actually eating well, but they've just started cutting even the plant, you know, lentils and other things because they thought they didn't need as much. And that is one really critical mistake. I really appreciate that. So making sure that we're getting enough protein, making sure that we're getting enough healthy fats and being very mindful around the processed sugar and processed carbohydrates in the body. I just wanted to give a little bit of a foundation for what that may look like. Now that we've got a little bit of that foundation, and you have named a lot of processes in the body that could be affected, that could be affecting our skin microbiome and then also kind of some of the target areas. With all of that information, as a listener, I could potentially feel a little overwhelmed. Like, gosh, I still am not sure about where I start with this because now I'm like, oh, shoot, I really don't know what's going on. Jen, honey, (laughs) (laughs) how do we start? We've got eczema on our hands or maybe we're dealing with rosacea. Exactly. Or psoriatic arthritis or whatever that may be. This is a longstanding chronic and a lot of people have told us, I don't really know if you're going to be able to get rid of this. Where do we start? The first process I would say is make sure that you have enough stomach acid. And there's a really easy test that you can run at home. It's free. It's called the bicarb test. And I can certainly actually give you a link to, I did a post all on that that explains how to do it. So I'm happy to share that with your listeners. So that's a big deal. The next thing I would say is make sure, I know we already talked about this, make sure you're eating 70 to 80 grams a day of protein. If you're not sure how to calculate that, just as a general rule of thumb, if you eat meat, so think about a burger patty as being somewhere around 25 grams of protein. So it's not to say you're going to eat hamburger patties at every meal, but use something like MyFitnessPal or a nutrition tracker to slowly understand how much protein is in different foods that you commonly eat so you can start to approximate. And if you need help in increasing your protein amounts, consider adding in some sort of protein supplement like a protein shake or something like that, even as a snack to help increase that level. And you got to be consistent. You can't do it once a week. It's got to be a daily or at least five out of seven day commitment. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, and the last piece I would say is there are labs you can ask your 
primary care doctor to run that would be covered by your insurance. And so I'm just going to rattle these off real quick. So it's vitamin A, vitamin D, the erythrocyte or red blood cell zinc level, a full thyroid panel, which includes TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies, your sedimentation rate, C-reactive protein, folate, B12, homocysteine, and plasma histamine. Those are really helpful in looking from a conventional standpoint as well as a functional standpoint at what's going on with your blood cells and nutrient levels in the blood. And if you can also get like a CBC panel that looks at the red blood cells especially, that's also helpful. Those are the tests that we should be ordering to kind of figure out where something may not be functioning properly in the body. And that'll give us a sense of what's going on. Right. And you can go to your regular doctor and get them run through your your insurance. That way you can save your money. If you do decide that you need some additional help in running some functional labs, you don't need to spend, you can put that money toward the functional labs, which are expensive. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, an effective and efficient way of of handling budgeting because it can get expensive when you start branching off on your own. So I always try and tell people, I'm like, we can get things that are helpful from the conventional route. Let's utilize those things and combine them with functional testing that's appropriate and get you answers that identify root causes and we can build a plan off of that. Now, are there anything else that we should be mindful of? You know, we go to the standard allopathic practitioner, we get the test run, we can take those to someone who's more specialized with skin, a functional practitioner. Are there questions that we should be asking? Are there, are there ways to really advocate for ourselves? Is it just to be more questioning or to, or to have done our research? What are, what are some other tool sets that we can use to ensure that we're steering ourselves in the right direction? I would say that if you can get some sort of diagnosis from a dermatologist, that can be hard. A lot of times they don't even want to do a biopsy. If they are willing to do a biopsy, get a biopsy done. It can be helpful to know what exactly you're dealing with, especially whether it's eczema or it's psoriasis, because psoriasis is an autoimmune condition, whereas eczema, yes, it has some autoimmune components, but it also is an overactivation of the immune system dealing with other issues. It's a bit more complex. So Having all of that information is really helpful. And then if you decide to work with a practitioner that, say, is outside of the conventional route, you want to make sure that they have a lot of experience dealing with these types of skin issues. If it's something that they don't often treat, they may not be the best person to work with because skin issues are incredibly complex. You know, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. And now it's like, I see what clients go through. I've gone through it myself. You know, you've got to know when to pivot because sometimes phase one may get you so far. So then what's your next step? And I just heard from clients that have gone to functional medicine doctors and they're just like, my doctor doesn't know what to do. So they're now consulting with me to help direct the functional doctor or to direct the conventional doctor as to what to do because they just they don't have it in their toolbox. So you really, before you're spending that money, you need to know that they've had that experience first. 
Absolutely, because I will be the first to admit that this is not my wheelhouse. I wouldn't say I know enough to be dangerous, but I definitely, I'm not an expert in this topic. It's amazing to me how many people come to me with skin issues, and I have to be very forthcoming about what I do and don't do, and really advocate for the fact that they've got to find someone where this is their specialty. But I feel like, and you can speak to this as well, more and more people are showing up with skin inflammation than ever before. That is very true. That is so true. And it's alarming how many people have ongoing chronic skin issues Mm -hmm. and they don't get any better. And my heart breaks. But this is the thing I found. It takes a lot of work. It is not easy. It is not for the weak at heart. You have to be committed. You have to dig your heels in and be prepared for the journey ahead of you because It might be five weeks before you see even an ounce of change in your skin when you've got, you know, you're working on a protocol. I even tell clients, get two to three years of all the labs you've had run, you know, because it's great. You can see trends. You have to be willing to go the extra distance and be consistent. And I'd also say, we talked about food sensitivities, but just this one little point is that Mm -hmm. obsessing over your diet here in this particular case is not always going to help you. And I wish it was different because I had food sensitivities. I'm gluten sensitive. I cannot have gluten. I've got egg issues, etc. But in this particular case, when you've got a longstanding chronic skin issue and you have tried to take out all these different foods, you'll find that you just become afraid of foods and you're not sure what's triggering a problem. And that's when it's like, okay, it's time to look deeper and to look at the 15 different root causes and see what your cluster pattern is. Usually people have like three to five different root causes and then address those. Because otherwise, you're just shooting darts in the dark, hoping you hit a bullseye, wasting time. Because like I said, it could take a year. It could take two years, depending on how long you have this issue, to correct the underlying issues and rebuild healthier skin. So don't wait. And I think most importantly, what I want to bring to the table there, we're talking about these 15 root causes from thyroid to gut to liver to stomach acid imbalance. And what's important here is that a lot of other things are getting messed up at the same time. When you're tackling these root causes, it's not just the skin that you're going to help support. There's a lot of other areas that are probably taking a hit in the body that you just don't see yet or that you don't, you're not experiencing or, or feeling symptoms for. So I just really wanted to support that vision of, of really figuring out what these root causes are. I feel like you've given us a lot of food for thought, looking at our nutrition, figuring out what types of lab tests to test for, finding the practitioner who is going to to have a functional approach and really understands the type of skin issues that are going on and also hopefully getting a diagnosis so that you can zero in on what's going on because you're right, not all skin conditions are the same, even though I call them like it's an itis, right? There's an inflammation happening. (laughs) (laughs) An itis is an itis and it's an itis. They really aren't the same. So you would take care of them a little bit differently. Are there just a couple things that we can, I mean, those are the big ones I feel. But let's say we do have someone in an acute problem right now and they're like, Jen, I hear you and I get that it's going to take a year and I get that I got to go full tilt into this journey, but is there anything I can do right now, right now that is going to help me? Don't throw your steroid cream away. Okay. <laughs> Nobody All likes right, to hear that. And I, I don't, there are problems with using steroid creams long-term. You can end up with rebounding and red skin syndrome. And the point is though, 
if you really space it out and you use the minimal amount that you possibly can, that in and of itself is really helpful. And every single person that I have spoken to, and I've interviewed a lot of experts in the functional medicine world who, you know, we're all like natural healing, be healthy, blah, blah, blah. They're all like, don't throw your steroid creams out. So I hate to burst the bubble, but even now I have clear, my, I have no rashes on my skin. I have no problem showing people my hands and proving that, but I still have my, my little tub of steroid cream upstairs in my medicine cabinet just in case. Because if it does start to come back, yes, I would absolutely be more diligent about whatever it is that I'm doing, which is I continue my protocol all the time, but that it is so important to use that as a way to help knock down the inflammation. And I know it stinks and no one wants to hear that, but maybe we have to stop in a sense you know, hating so much on some of the things that maybe aren't so natural, it is a way to get there. And unfortunately, in this case, just like with thyroid issues, you've got to depend on medication to help rebalance the thyroid when it really needs support. This is one of those instances where we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. The steroid cream in small doses can be your friend. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I know we've got a lot of oil listeners on the call too. And over the years, I've had women put lots of essential oils on their rashes just to make them worse. And so you just have to be mindful about what you're putting on your body, what you're putting on your skin. And I've had instances where people have used oils that have been really beneficial, you know, but again, it's only, it's a topical solution. It's not a root cause solution. So just making sure that you have your emergency, kind of your emergency backup for what you have and just being really mindful about what else you're putting on your skin. I'd love to say that the oils will get rid of it, but I cannot ever, I would never say that. So I got my oil listeners on there. I know I do. And, and we're not advocating that you pour a bunch of oil on you because I don't think that that's going to be the solution. I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that as well. And especially if your skin is like a wound, essentially where Mm -hmm. it's open, you've got open wounds, you do not put I don't care what kind of salves they are. You do not put that kind of stuff in the wounds. That's Mm -hmm. not a safe thing to do. And one cool thing you can try is they sell bandages on Amazon that are laced with zinc. And that sometimes can help get those wounds, especially when they won't heal, to heal because zinc is, uh, that's why I said get your zinc levels tested because zinc is an, is imperative for wound healing. Mm-hmm. It's imperative for DNA synthesis. So those can sometimes be really helpful if you've got gashes and openings and wounds that are difficult to close up. I love that. I think that that is so important. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's an easy thing to go and grab as well. And then the last thing I wanted to to talk and connect about is you have this wonderful free gift for us. And girl, I love smoothies, let me tell you. So tell me a little bit about this excellent smoothie recipe that you have for us. Yes, I have the seven eczema soothing smoothies. I love, I'm a big fan of smoothies and AKA protein shakes, whatever you want to call them. These are packed full of protein. So you're going to get around 25 to 35 grams of protein if you're going to add the extra collagen and you're you're comfortable using collagen. So that's just like one meal. So you get a huge dose of of protein right in the morning. They're really tasty. They use um, berries that are low glycemic. And you just start your day off with a really balanced mishmash of (laughs) these. It's a full meal. Let's be honest. 
real in a glass. But you know, my tip is if you're, you know, a lot of people will guzzle down these types of things. They're easy to make and they're also easy to guzzle. Don't do that. Sip on it. Take 20 to 30 minutes to drink a protein shake. It'll help you stay satiated and feel full. And these are include specific ingredients that are low in salicylates, which salicylates can be a trigger for eczema. But it also includes ingredients that are really good for skin rebuilding. So it's like you know, a breakfast that's really helping you. I love it. I think it's a win-win, girl. I am such a big fan of smoothies. I'm kind of a green smoothie girl, but I'm just mindful. People just have to be mindful about the type of greens, but always protein, always healthy fats. I mean, yes. for me, it's the fastest food you can make that really nourishes the body and keeps you out of those craving zones, which I think a lot of people need. You know, nothing like eating a sugar-filled breakfast and then be starving again at 11 o'clock. Yeah, you know, cause your body's worst. like, yes, it's the worst. And then you just, it's just, it's just downhill from there. Let's be honest. That's why I do them every single morning. And people are like, how are you on your A game? How do you, like, I don't do any coffee. I am ca totally caffeine free. And they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I make sure that my first meal of the day is packed with so much nutrition that it really keeps me moving. It's feeding my brain. It's feeding my body. That was actually one of the turning points that helped me overcome. I don't want to swear that if you do protein shakes, it's going to heal your skin rashes, but it was an <laughs> integral piece to my protocol and it has been for many of my clients as well. I trust the judgment. I mean, I trust the information in the sense that this is what you do. This is important. This is a simple step that we can all integrate. I was so excited to share this gift because as we were talking about not throwing away the creams and being mindful about our testing, you know, what is one good thing we can give our bodies? that really helps and that, that sets us up for success, that gives us the building blocks that we need to create healthier skin. And so I was really excited to be able to share this. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity as well to be able to share all this and, and this smoothie guide. And I would love to hear from anybody who tests out these smoothies. I'd love to hear from you, what you like, which ones you loved, which ones are your favorites. And if there's anything, you know, that resonates with people, I would love to hear about what they've tried, what hasn't worked and anything that they're like, oh my gosh, that was such a great insight because we're all learning. This is a developing story essentially in the world of skin. It, there are so many studies being done. We are learning about the skin in 2018, 2019. I mean, this is amazing. So, you know, I think we can all learn from one another. And if anybody has any other great tips or tricks, um, you know, I hope that they'll share them in the comments. So that way this can be a great resource for your readers. I totally agree. And now I want people to know where to find you. I'm going to be talking about where to find you, but girl, can you tell us a little bit about where to find you? Yes, absolutely. So everyone can find me over at skinterrupt.com. That is my website that is dedicated to helping all of the women and men and children who are really suffering with chronic skin conditions find the alternative solutions that may be that missing piece for them and looking at their skin conditions from a completely different perspective. And then you can also check out some of my other work on gut stuff over at glutenfreeschool.com as well. And I have a ton of followers and a fun Instagram following. So I'm over on Instagram and Facebook. And um, yeah, those are the best spots to find me. Oh, I love it. Well, we are definitely going to check you out, girl. And you can find all of these links into the show notes. We're going to get all that information to you in just a moment. Jen, honey, thank you so much for coming in, sharing your wisdom and being so authentic about your message. I felt like you gave people a real clear understanding about what to expect. That's always my mission. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, honey. Have a good day. You too. 
From personal experience, I know how difficult it can be to heal a stubborn skin rash or deal with skin inflammation without answers. I can't tell you how many patients came to me having horrible skin inflammation, eczema, psoriasis, I mean, name it, and just did not have a an integrative approach to healing that issue. Now, Jen completely understands based on her story and the deep research that she has done to figure out an effective healing protocol. And what I love is as she mentioned that food plays a massive role and I'm excited that she is hooking you up with her seven eczema soothing smoothies. And what I love about this is it's they're literally the best way to start your day. You guys know how much I love green smoothies. So when she said she was going to give this away, I was like, yes, sign us up for this yummy smoothie recipe guide. It's packed with just literally clean, delicious recipes with all the nutrients that you need for your skin to rebuild properly, full of protein as well as being gluten-free and dairy-free because you know those are inflammatory. So I definitely want you to grab that. It's going to be in the show notes or you can go to drmarisa.com slash episode 63. This is going to be episode 63. I know that you are going to love this recipe guide. And again, you can go and check out Jen at her website. Just grabbing that for you real quick. And that is skininterrupt.com. So I will have those inside of the links as well. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. Now, I have been waiting for months, as I told you, for this next episode to come out because it is the podcast book release party. So please join me, celebrate with me Tuesday, February 12th, when the book drops everywhere. It's the perfect Valentine's gift to get yourself, treat yourself to the essential oils hormone solution. And I am going to be sharing in this book launch party why I wrote the book. I'm going to be hooking you up with some extra bonus goodies and so much more. We're going to have a lot of fun. And you can still grab your pre-ordered copy and get the $300 in bonuses by just going to drmarisa.com hormone book. And those are going to be linked in the show notes as well. I can't wait to see you at the book release party. As you can tell, I am so excited already. And as I mentioned earlier too, my goal is to continue to spread the word about this beautiful podcast dedicated to you. And the best way that I get this out is through you. So please keep sharing the word, letting people know, share the love, because I can't wait to not only support you, but support the women in your life who are ready to become the CEOs of their health. Until next time, until we're celebrating together, have a wonderful week. Bye.